to, to reiterate some things today, I want to talk about some things that you, we've talked about um, quite a bit. We've talked about uh, a new creation uh, or a new humanity, and I want to talk about that because, as I have been saying these things for a good number of years, actually, um, I'm not certain how many, but I would say more than two decades I was talking about these things before we saw the problems uh, proliferate in, the, in um, our country and the world. We were talking about these days that are upon us and what our lifestyle should be and how we should comport ourselves. And in those days, it was just a, a preacher just talking about some things and some of you thought, well, maybe he's prophetic and some of you thought, well, maybe he's rambling, you know, but whatever you thought, it was not a, a controversial. And then um, in the 2000s, 2008, and around that time, those things that I was saying previously became controversial to some in the in the church body. So I wanted just I wanted to revisit that because I, when I was saying them way back before we saw all the crazy stuff happening, it wasn't controversial, but it became controversial, which is like telling. It's telling. It's like you know you you take your little brother with you somewhere you weren't supposed to go and when he got back home he told your folks everything you know so 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 this is is telling it tells where we are and kind of uh, what's influencing us so I want to make sure that we aren't influenced by the wrong stuff if I may say that and so we want to talk about this new humanity or, or a new creation we are a new creation that is we are unprecedented on the planet. We are unheard of on the planet. There was never ever a people group like us. And, and we're, we're, we're beautifully strange in this new people group because you can tell that we must be born from above because were we born from the earth, we'd all look alike being a people group. But we don't because we're born from above. I, I woke up in August of, of this year, I woke up uh, early on a Saturday morning, and it was it was after having uh, completed, I believe I had completed uh, a fast, and I was I woke up and I walked out into the hallway of my house I mentioned to you, and the Lord spoke and said, "You are on holy ground," and He did not mean my hallway. And so I want us to understand that you and I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want us to recognize it. And whatever the Lord has for us to do, let's do it with all of our heart. And, and let's not parse it all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and so we, we talk about the new creation. So uh, let me sort of ease into this new, new creation. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. I love these verses. They come out of Numbers, out of Isaiah, then out of Habakkuk. And Paul gives us a deeper revelation of these things. I know you have heard them before, but it's going to help you to hear them again. Uh, I'm reading from the ESV, if you can do it on the ESV, if you don't mind, or, or you don't have to necessarily. Second uh, Corinthians 4, 6, and 7, ESV. It says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shown 
in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so Paul brings back to our, our focus, to our center, Jesus Christ. We are not going to survive. That is, I don't mean it like barely make it, but we're not going to live above the fray. We're not going to be on top of the fray. We're not going to be enveloped in the fray un unless we really know Jesus, cling to him, follow whatever he says and does. So Paul tells us, and I, I have a little caption here, treasure in jars of clay. So in verse 7 he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. I remember a number of years ago, was right out of uh, the university, and there was a guy, a, a wonderful uh, born-again brother. He would see another brother, and he would say, hello, jar of clay. And so I, I, I'm reminded of that. And so you and I are jars of clay. So it's very, very powerful that God hid his treasure in jars of clay, in jars of clay. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show something. I think the ESV says it a lot plainer, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are out here, we are a display of God's glory, and that's how I want to live, and that's how I want to die. I want to live as a display of God's glory. So, so when people say, God is using him, wow, it doesn't insult me, <laughs> because that's what we're supposed to be, jars of clay, so that this, this exceeding glory, this surpassing power, everybody knows there's, a, there's God somewhere. Remember that, that old song, there must be a God somewhere? So there's God somewhere in this person. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 17, because I want you to never forget who you are. Never forget who you are. You are a new kind of creation. Jesus at the cross, well, Jesus is the great architect. He's the one who created all things. He, he drew the whole planetary system up. That's mind-blowing to me. You get excited about stuff like that. When I read my Bible, I get excited about this stuff. I mean, I read, wow. Can you imagine that Jesus is this great architect, right? He, he designed it all. And not only did he design it all, it, now it, its expression had to come through him. It had to come through him. It didn't come outside of himself. It came through him. And all that we see came from nothingness. Wow. This is amazing. Now, when you really get that, you get excited about who you are because you too have come forth through him. Wow. 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 And so Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 17, for the love of Christ, for the love of Christ. You've heard people say, for the love of God, you know. I think that's just a, a, almost like a swear word to them almost. But for the love of Christ is beautiful. For the love of Christ compels us. 
because we judged thus, we judged this, that if one died for all, then all died. And that's where our salvation comes. That's from where our salvation comes because he died for us. And when he died for us, he died as us. And then we are the product of that. It says that if one died for all, then all died. And so we died to what we were. We died to what we were. I was sort of debating back and forth um, whether I should start Romans chapter 12, but I think this is a good rest stop because in Romans 12, we'll see sort of what he died for and what we are as a result of that. Then verse 15 comes and says, and he died for all. So Paul is, is repeating himself, but he is repeating himself for emphasis so that we will get it, you know. So if you're, you, I wish, I would to God that you had grown up in the time when I grew up, not so that you would be older, but that, that you would have had teaching that was repetitive. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, more and more and more until you got it. Do you got it? One of my favorite stories is about the pastor whose mother took him to the, to the street corner, you know, and, until he got it, right? She wanted her baby to be safe when she was not there. And so when we preach the gospel, preach the gospel, I know that you're safe when you're in the work environment. I know you're safe. You're safe no matter where you go. You're going to be safe. Why? Because we've drilled this word into you. Amen. It's important to me that you're safe. It's important to me because when you hurt, I hurt. You know, this is like there's no part of my body that can hurt and I not feel it all over. You know, when my shoulder hurts, I have issues with that shoulder. I said, Lord, what's wrong with my shoulder? All of me is concerned about it. <laughs> That's what that looks like. So, so let's go to, to my story about uh, this pastor, Roderick, and what, uh, my story, you know it, you could tell it yourself, how his mom would take him to the street corner and said, Roderick, will you come to the, but he was going to school, you want a little boy, going to school, like, like a little six-year-old or something, you going to, Robert, uh, uh, Roderick, you come to the corner, you look to the left, you look to the right, if you don't see any cars, you cross the street. Uh, Roderick, next day, Roderick, when you come to this corner, I want you to look to the left and look to the right, if you don't see any cars, you Across the street. She was drilling it into him, getting it, the, the truth into him, getting this reality into him. And so one day he said he just rebelled against this mom. <laughs> he said, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Roderick, if you come to the corner, you take to the left, and you don't see any cars, you look to the right, you don't see any cars, you cross the street. Mom, I know. He said, well, okay. I can trust you. You got it. Hallelujah. So when I hear myself in you, I know you got it. When I hear that. But if I hear somebody else, you don't have it yet. And he died for all. That those who live, listen to this, every believer, every, every wonderful blood-bought believer, listen. He died for all for a reason. There was a reason he died for you. That those who now live the new life should live no longer for themselves. But for him who died for them and rose again. So your, our one focus is now the Lord. Our focus is the Lord. My focus is not some retirement. I'm, I'm a little bit past that anyway. But it's not retirement. It's not, well, let me pile up some more. No. My life is the Lord's. But when I got out of that grave, remember our, our wonderful song, you know? Uh, I 
I got out of that grave. When he called my name, I got out of that grave. And so I'm not looking back into the grave. And so I want you to, to live for the Lord. Don't live foolishly. Don't live presumptuously. You know, just presumingly that God is saying. But when you hear his voice, do what he says. So he tells us that we are to live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died for us, and then he rose again. And the verse 16 says, therefore, from now on. Can you say, therefore, from now on? Please say it one more time. Therefore, from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh. That is who, who you were born as. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. This is so potent. This scripture is so potent because he is saying that even if, if you or I had been one of his disciples and we walked with him and we knew that he was Mary's baby, Joseph was his stepfather, and he had those brothers Judas and James and, and had some sisters, we would, we would not know him that way. Why would we not know him that way? Because he died. And, he, and what Paul is saying is that just as surely as Jesus died, you also died to who and what you were. Can we believe that? Can we embrace that tonight? So you, you and I are a new humanity. Those of you who are online, you are a new humanity, a, an unprecedented kind of being. Never was before. Novel, uncommon, unheard of. Now, don't you like that expression? Unheard of. Boy, you are unheard of. There had not been even whispers about what you were going to be. You don't find it in the Old Testament. You don't find it. The prophets weren't talking about it. Oh, they said Gentiles were going to be saved, but they didn't know that we'd be the body of Christ. Wow. Yeah. And so Paul goes on to say, and God gave him such amazing revelation. In verse 17, he says, therefore for this purpose or because of what I've just said can, can you can we follow it because of what I just said if anyone he says therefore if anyone is in Christ he or she is a new creation old things have passed away old things are gone so when someone dies what do we say sort of sweetly? We say they passed away. So and so passed away. So he says here, old things have passed away. Now he says, behold. When, when he says that, he wants you to know these old things, as far as you are concerned, are dead. Your old life is dead. Behold. That boy, behold me. Look at this. Gaze at this. Fix your attention on this. All things have become new. So what he wants you to know is that you, you really live in a new realm. You have a new position with God. You are now in Christ. Can you see that? I remember when uh, uh, Alan Vincent would preach to Dad Alan, he would say, can you see it? <laughs> Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you really see it? Old things are passed away. So being a new creation, being made new is empowering to the person who sees. 
the power of the old has been nullified by what was made new. So you and I are new. This new is from and through the one who overcame the old. Jesus overcame the old. That's why we focus on Christ always. It's Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noon. As the old song goes, Jesus in the evening. That's what it is in this house. Now, Paul tells us in, in, our, in walking out this amazing reality. By the way, it's wonderful walking out this amazing reality. It's fun walking out this amazing reality. Are you enjoying your salvation or, or you just, yeah, I've got a hand that flew up over there. Man, I just wouldn't be a Texan, a Texan and, and let somebody from Costa Rica raise a hand before I raise mine. I'm telling you, que lastima, que lastima, you Texans. Wow. But listen, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, and, and Sister Kemp used to always call these zip codes. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can find out whether it's a zip code. So what is your zip code? 1 Corinthians 6, 17, it's your zip code. And what are we going to find there? But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So the new creation is not just somebody waiting on redemption. You have been redeemed, and you are now presently, present tense, joined to the Lord. I'm going to preach to Ghana. <laughs> I'm going to have to preach just, just to Ghana, man. I'm going to have to leave you, you guys alone. A Ghana. Okay. So, so he says to us, so every day as you and I live, lest we live joined. To the Lord. That is so beautiful. That's beautiful. You're not joined to the Lord. We are in union with the Lord. When, uh, when I was working in the oil business many years ago, we had what we call a union, you know? And what a union did, it brought two things that were separated uh, together. They were apart and it brought them together. And so if you had a, a, flow, a flow line that went somewhere and it needed to be flanged or unioned, and whether, it didn't matter whether it was a flange or, or it was a, a union, it brought them together. And what, what we would do, we would bring them together for the transmission of something. And this is what God has done. The Father has brought us together. We're in union with Jesus. I can remember we had those weld on unions. We would weld them so, so that we, no breaking up. No, you know, because when you screw them on, they can sometimes back out or leak. Uh, but but the, even when we would screw them on, sometimes they would get uh, what they call a 36. Does anybody know what a 36 in this house? Oh, a 36. Uh, <laughs> Wow. I thought, if, I thought if I were from, from Louisiana, I really know what a 36 was. You know, I thought, so it's a pipe wrench about, <laughs> it's a pipe wrench about 36 inches long. It had jaws on it. And, and then what we would do is we didn't want it to back out. So we would take that union, screw it up, hand screw it tight, and then we would, we would uh, get that 36 on it and, and tighten it up, and then we would get what we call a cheater. We would get a longer piece of pipe and put it on there so we could get more pressure so it wouldn't come. So that's how we did it if we had a screwed union. But, but what here is this is not, God didn't screw us on with Jesus. As it were, we became one. We came out of him, connected to him irreversibly irreversibly 
irreversibly. And so this new creation is irreversibly one with him. And let me tell you why I say irreversibly, because, because if we can be joined to the Lord today and unjoined tomorrow, we have some deep theological issues. We cannot depend on anything. We cannot depend on the sun doing what it's been doing. We cannot. We cannot depend on God saying, you're going to be with me. You can't. But God's word is forever settled in heaven. Forever settled. Paul, this is who you are. You need to know who you are. I can remember growing up in our home, and, and Dad always would say, Dad, Mom, Mom did the, all the good stuff. She did the good cooking and giving me scriptures all the time, always giving me the word of God. And Dad would say, this is what that looks like. You, you are my son, and I don't want you going out here acting like other boys. You know, I never knew that God was preparing me to preach the gospel by that lady. I didn't ever had no idea. I just knew that there were some consequences if I acted like the other boys. <laughs> and so I was avoiding consequences. So, so dad said, you can't act like other boys. Why did he say that? He would say, because you are my son. Because you are my son. And so what God is saying to us in this generation, you and I, we, we, we see all of the glitter. We see the stuff out there in the world. And some of, some of it is useful. You know, we don't want to misuse that. We, but it's, some of it is useful. You need a salary to take care of yourself. You need a job and those kinds of things. But dad said, I don't want you acting like the other boys. Why? Because you are my son. And so as you and I go out into the world, the, I hear the Holy Spirit say, don't act like those other children that are not mine. You belong to me. You belong to me. Yeah. And, and God wanted us to represent his name in the community. Wow. 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 So, so let's, let's walk it. Let's revisit this. You are a new humanity. Now, listen to what he says in Ephesians 5, verses 30 through 32. Ephesians 5, uh, verses 30 through 32. He says, Paul reiterates, and what he, what he does is, this is how I, I grew up in, in public school. They would always, they would teach you first grade, first grade, one plus one equals two. You know, you go one plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four, and you sang those things until you had them. You could sing them in the night. It didn't matter. If somebody had two sticks and another person had two sticks, you didn't have to say one, two, three. You had it. So God wants us to have this truth. He wants you to sleep this truth, speak this truth, reiterate it to yourself. One of the greatest blessings I've had in recent times is audio Bible. Oh, Lord. God has made it so that in the last days when everything is crazy everywhere, you don't have to listen to the crazy stuff. You know, just go to your audio Bible. I always got my audio Bible. Wakes me up. I, I go to sleep sometimes with my audio Bible. Audio Bible. I'm in, I'm in Romans chapter 1, and I wake up sometimes, oh, in Timothy or somewhere. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I didn't have to drive myself there. So Paul says, verse 30, for we are members of his body. Do you know how beautiful that is? 
These fingers and hand and arm, they are members of my body. He says, we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. We're talking about God. We're not talking about Jim blow over you there, you know. We're talking about God. And some of, some of us walk away from him. It's just too much for me. No, you're too little for him. Look at what he says. For this cause, and he, this is so overwhelming. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. So he gives you the idea of marriage when this woman comes. He says, this is marriage. Now. now, let me just say, and I hope this doesn't offend anybody. We're not talking about shacking. We're not talking about shacking. We're talking about marrying. Where you're committed to the one you marry. Uh, I know Sister Marva, somebody was talking about many decades ago, they were talking about us being married. And she started singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> talking about three many dangerous toys and steps. <laughs> We've already come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but we're joined. No, we're joined. So Paul says, for this cause, and, he, and this, this amazing uh, truth, he says, for we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Then he starts to talk about marriage. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and Jesus left heaven, and, and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And, and that's why we say in the marriage vow, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And no man can negate what God has done because we are irreversibly joined to the Lord. That he is talking about an intimacy that cannot be denied. Did you get it? Cannot be, be denied. That's why he says God hates divorce. Why? You think if God hates divorce, is God going to... Is God going to divorce you? Absolutely not. Why? Because he's consummated the relationship when the Holy Spirit came into your heart. Amen. And Paul says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I speak concerning Christ and the church. So let me, um, let me read one more verse. And I wanted to get further along, but you know how that is. Let me read 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, and then we're going to be done for tonight. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declared to you the testimony of God. And I'm just saying, without much commentary, it breaks my heart when believers love to have their ears tickled. It breaks my heart. You want somebody to come and perform for you and tell you all these things and have all these nice slogans and, and you go, whoa, I never heard it before. Wow. I go sometimes, wow. You never heard it performed like that, but you certainly have heard it or you stopped your ears. This is what God wants us to know. Don't, do not stop your ears. Do not listen to your favorite news commentator. Stop it. Don't do it. Listen to what he says. I did not come. And brethren, when I came to you, I didn't, did not come with excellence of speech. 
or of wisdom. He, he means man's wisdom. Declaring to you the testimony of God for, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what he said. Jesus Christ, who he is, as a person, who he is, and what did his death, what did his burial and resurrection bring to you? It brought to you that which can never be denied or negated. Never, ever. Though you lived a thousand millennia, never, ever. I know, I know, I know. We'll deal with them later. This is what Paul goes on to say. I was with you in weakness. We have, as, as people of God, we, we should value this, but we have become so like the world, tainted by the world. We don't want anybody who can come to us and admit their weaknesses. Do you know when I read the Bible, when I start reading from Abraham down to the last person in the Bible, they all had human weaknesses. He says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You saw me as a frail human being, but there was power from God. So why was that? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to release this, and we're going to, we're going to worship here a song. But I want to ask you, if there's anybody here, and you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, when I come back, you need to do that. Because this is, we used to sing this song when I was a boy, none but the righteous. Now, we don't need to sing it. For but none but the righteous shall see God. None but the righteous. None but the righteous shall see God. Not our human righteousness, but his righteousness. None but the righteous. And you and I are in a place where we must not only speak and teach, but demonstrate who Jesus is. We must demonstrate it. We have an opportunity to demonstrate it like never before. The world is intoxicated on itself. But you and I are sober. And we are children of the day and not the night. So, and, and so these days have not come upon us unawares. We're children of light and not of darkness. And there's nothing in the world system that I want. And I don't want you to want it either. None but the righteous shall see God. Let's demonstrate it. That's why we need to be saved. And I'm, I'll come back and invite you. Think about it while Sister Stephanie sings.